Welcome to Action Line. I'm your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me today are two SRO officers from JPD. Would you like to introduce yourselves? My name is Officer John Kreiderman. And I'm Officer Aaron Landry. Alrighty. Now, first of all, what can you tell me about being an SRO? Because obviously, if I remember correctly, in terms of general SRO history, the SROs have been a thing for police departments, I think, since about 1950 or so. But what has it been like for you, the both of you? Well, I've been in this role since 2016. And I'd say about half the time I've been, you know, working with somebody else and half the time working uh, solo. Uh, so there are some unique challenges uh, with the amount of schools that we have and, and uh, being able to balance classroom work with uh, role model work, stuff like that. And even with two, you know, there's still a significant amount of uh, issues to address and be available for and stuff like that. So it's a good position to really build rapport and relationships with the kids that are going to be up and being community leaders here in Juneau and being mentor uh, mentor for them and you know making sure that they're out there making responsible choices gotcha and then uh absolutely I understand that you just became an SRO that's correct yes and then so how long has that been going for you now um, I started the beginning of January, so about halfway through the school year, and um, I'm so I'm still in the phase of getting to know the administrations of the schools that I'm assigned to, um, and getting to know the students. So I've been spending a lot of time. I am teaching classes, but I'm also spending a lot of time just um, networking with the uh, the principals and the assistant principals and the faculty, just to get my face out there to become a familiar face to the schools I'm assigned to and the ones I'm not assigned to, um, and just so that. You know, again, we have a good relationship and rapport with the schools. Okay. And then which schools do you both work at? Well, technically, you know, we're, we, we work at all of them. Um, if we're needed at a school, we're going to go to it, obviously. But um, since there's two of us, we, we kind of um, have the um, – we kind of split up by high school. So um, I'm assigned to Thunder Mountain High School. Uh, John is assigned to um, J.D., and then um, I have also Floyd Dryden Middle School and um, KH Elementary and Harborview and Glacier Valley. And then I am primarily working at, like you said, Juno Douglas High School, uh, Dazantikihini Middle School, uh, Saeed Gassano, Ock Bay School, and uh, Mendenhall River School. And then we also have some alternative schools that we work at as well. Uh, Juno Charter School, which is in the bottom of JDHS, and there's uh, Raven Home School. I'll work with them for some classes, and Faith Community Christian School out at the Ock Bay Bible Church. Um, we'll get the same classes that we offer at the usual Juno School District schools. Okay. And so what what are those classes? Because I know for me, growing up in Anchorage, I don't recall my SROs ever doing classes, at least not for my school. Mm -hmm. So what what do those classes look like? Our core class really is probably going to be our elementary fifth fifth grade dare. Uh, traditionally, it's it is geared towards fifth grade, but due to the sometimes unique makeup of some of our schools here in Juneau, there might be four or five splits. Uh, some of the smaller schools might have four, five, six combinations. Uh, but for the bulk of the the students that we reach out to, our fifth graders, we're open to teaching those other grades as well. We also teach a variety of safety classes. I just finished a huge block of internet safety. And in the fall, I worked on pedestrian safety through all of the elementary schools because Aaron wasn't on board, on board yet. 
but now that he's here, he can take half those elementary schools and work on the general safety classes that we do. Um, and then usually in the spring, probably after spring break, we'll look at bicycle safety after everything is thawed out and people get their bikes out and tune them up and everything just to go over basic rules and uh, make sure everybody is familiar with road, uh, road safety when they're on the roadway. Yeah, one of the things also I'm, I'm currently doing is I'm working with uh, some of the staff at uh, Yakuz. Um, they have a specific lesson plan. They want to present their students, and they wanted my feedback uh, with it and also to just uh, help present it to their students. So uh, we also help with kind of those things, those things as well when they have their own um, curriculum they want to um, teach that we, we can assist with that. Okay. And then would you be able to go more in depth with kind of what that particular curriculum is or or would you not be able to sure. oh no sure so uh, um, the one I was just talking about yes yes absolutely so like right now um, the staff there is working on um, they want to kind of just educate the students more about the the risks of fentanyl and the other uh, you know challenges with the drug um, issues going on here in Juneau and so they just want to again they, they want to have that feedback from from us as officers um, if they're if it's a good presentation or if it's including the information that's going to be important um, if something needs to be added or something isn't um, need to necessarily be in the presentation, and and again, it's just a it's a it's a chance for us to collaborate with the staff there at Yakuz and really, again, show the the students there that we're we're working together um, and creating a positive presence there in the school forum and um, that we're there for the students. Okay, it's surprising to me that I that fentanyl wouldn't be just part of. A- like a, your normal dare program granted i am of that generation that like i know what dare is but i never actually had dare in my schools mm-hmm. but it's surprising here that that would be a separate thing from just the regular dare program the dare curriculum is pretty set because it is standardized across the world um, it's an international presentation that can be done in other countries as well and since it's geared towards a certain age group Uh, realistically, we have to think about the types of drugs that those kids in that age group may be exposed to or contemplating experiencing with or hear their friends going through. So you're talking tobacco, alcohol, and now that marijuana has been legalized in a number of states for people over 21, that may be in more homes. So uh, really focusing on those things that they are actually familiar with and know about. Uh, we do have um, like a question and answer session in our DARE programs for kids to ask questions that aren't presented in the normal block of time, and we can address those then. So in the past, I've had questions of kids saying, what's meth or um, what is uh, what is heroin? Because those are drugs that they might hear about here in Juneau because those are drugs we do have problems with in our adult population. Um, so they they do come up. And they'll ask those things. Vaping has been a big one the last couple of years because that's pretty much the tobacco form of choice now for middle and high schoolers and a lot of adults. Um, I can't tell you the last time I've seen an adult smoking a traditional cigarette. It's, it seems to be a vape device. Gotcha. I was going to say the last time I saw anyone smoking a traditional cigarette was the Irish. So that wasn't even in, you know, that wasn't even in the U.S. That was overseas. But, you know, I could see why you would become more targeted at that point when you think about you know, what those kids are going to be hearing about more often. And then, I mean, hearing the, the meth part, it kind of makes me think, you know, obviously you had, you know, Breaking Bad was on for years, and mm-hmm. that was what that was entirely about. And so then maybe the reason why that would be maybe more emphasized because then that's more in the public consciousness, you know what I mean? Definitely, yeah. 
You know, and, and also the, the D.A.R.E. curriculum has changed. A lot of parents out there, they have a certain memory of the D.A.R.E. program, and it, it has changed to some, effect, uh, to some extent as far as the curriculum. A lot of uh, what we do in D.A.R.E. Um, doesn't necessarily, like, focus on a very specific drug, like this is this drug. What it really does is that we, we're talking about in teaching life skills. Um, so it's more of a holistic uh, kind of program. So it helps them, you know, I, you know again, for like today, I'll be teaching a lesson um, on risks and consequences. And it basically just teaches them how to understand uh, risk-taking and what, the, you know, and good and bad, you know, positive risks and negative risks and what are the consequences. So it kind of is more geared towards you know, just teaching them just how life works, essentially, um, not just in, you know, using substances like alcohol and tobacco, but just life in general. Gosh, this is feeling like the D.A.R.E. class I never actually had. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, uh, that's definitely important, you know, being able to have those conversations when they're younger and being able to be like, hey, you know, here's what's going on. Here's what these things are. And in the case of like if it's something that is genuinely, you know, not only dangerous, but illegal, then being like, hey, here's why you shouldn't do those things and having that person be there to be like, hey, here's the education for that so then you know what to do going forward. Right. So I guess another question that I had sort of in relation to things that are taught are, what are things that you teach, are there particular things that you teach beyond just like the D.A.R.E. program? I mean, you were saying that like, there was the bike safety and things of that nature. Yeah, those are probably some of our core safety topics that we'll really push out there because beginning of the school kids are walking to school they're walking around buses or walking through school parking lots just a general reminder for hey watch out for cars you know look both ways that sort of thing so a pretty simple thing also it's a good way for us to kind of get back into the classroom and just kind of say hey remember i'm your school officer if you ever need help with anything you know reach out to your teacher if i'm here reach out to me that sort of stuff um, so those core ones i mentioned earlier are really great um, middle and high school usually it's a kind of a case-by-case, case, hey, uh, we're seeing this. Can you come in and teach this? Or if we have an idea, we can uh, pitch it out there as well. So there's one uh, teacher down at JDHS who is pretty good about keeping me in her curriculum a couple times a year for her different health blocks. So in the, in the fall, usually there's a block about drug use. So uh, she'll have her students generate a number of questions. I'll come in and address those and answer any more that come up. So we'll do those in a couple sessions um, here around spring break. I got a couple more set up over there. Don't know what the health related topic is yet, but once I do, you know, we'll uh, get together and formulate those those questions and presentation guides and stuff like that. Gotcha. No, no, I was going to definitely ask about how it then changes targeting once you get to middle and high school, because obviously we've been talking a lot about some of the younger kids for sure. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's very important to talk to them. But obviously, once you get to that older demographic, you're going to have those different conversations that you're going to have to orient differently. We're going to be taking a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll get more into that as we were talking before. Welcome back to Action Line. I am still joined by the SROs from the police department. Now, I was going to start talking to you guys about what it's like doing sort of those lessons for the middle and high school students, because mostly we were talking about a lot of the younger kids so far. Yeah, so just at their age group, you know, they've been exposed to different things. They have new curiosities. They have new privileges, new responsibilities, new freedoms, all that stuff. And they may hear about things or be exposed to things that they are not sure what to do about or who to go to or who to get the answers from. So being in a classroom in a, you know, in an in a anonymous type setting where they can pre-write questions and um, I can just read them out and answer them for the benefit of everybody, 
And if there is anybody who raises a hand and asks a question that, you know, things would benefit them or anybody else, yeah, they'll do that. Uh, in my experience, I haven't really had any questions that were um, questionable, I guess, in a way. Like, uh, I mean, they were all legitimate, curiosity-based. Uh, what can you tell me about this? And they seem to be very appreciative and would ask follow-up questions if I didn't answer it in a way that they understood. Um, so those are probably the big things at the high school level that, and middle school level that we do. Uh, in the past, I have done, there is a middle school D.A.R.E. curriculum, and I have done that at uh, Floyd Dryden more consistently. Uh, I did it one year at DZ, and the it seems to be okay, uh, received wise. Um, but it gives a lot of the same information that they learn at the base fifth grade level and just kind of reinforces it for their, you know, being 13, 14, it's kind of geared towards eighth graders. The idea behind dare is a transitionary period. So here in, uh, most elementaries transition from fifth to junior high, sixth, middle school, sixth, and then high school, eighth grade, and then to ninth grade. So new peers, new responsibilities, all that stuff. So just kind of preparing them for, hey, remember, you can do this if you're peer pressured. Hey, this is how you communicate if somebody is mean to you or ask you to do something you don't want to do. These are the people you can go to for help. Don't forget about them, that sort of stuff. Okay. And I mean, I would definitely say that that's very important, obviously, in a way, even you know, beyond just like, obviously, since you guys are both officers, but, you know, like dealing with bullying at schools I mean, mm -hmm. dude, having that kind of conversation being like hey here's people you can talk to would also be very helpful for them I think because then they know there's more resources there because obviously I mean the, a big topic with a lot of different things that we've been going on lately is obviously the mental health for young people and so that having that I would think would be quite big being like hey here's people you can talk to here's resources you have so you know that before they can even go in there and they can then start feeling more comfortable more confident knowing that they have that help Mm -hmm. You know, uh, John has obviously had many more years in this than I have, um, but you know, one of the goals is to develop that relationship early um, with them at the younger grade levels, and then as they go through middle school and high school, they remember you. So it's you're not an unknown face. Um, you have they have positive. Uh, relationship with you and so you know you've become uh, a trusted adult such as like just like their coach or their teachers um, and it's you've, you know you're someone that they can trust and um, rely on to give them proper information or help with something yeah definitely now one of the question I had is sort of what's what are the big things we're seeing with the schools now because obviously you guys would be the ones that are on top of what are the sort of the issues with the schools and well, within your realm, anyway. Like, what are the the issues that are being faced with students? Obviously, like we talked with the Dare program, mm -hmm. and we were talking about how you'd have those bike lessons going kind of into the spring. What are what are we looking at over there? As far as like administrators approaching us with issues, yeah, like day to day stuff. Okay, um, it's lately the last couple of years um, vaping. I mean, that's been kind of an, an epidemic phenomenon, really, um, and then also online social media bullying. Um, all you know especially as kids get older they're more likely to have devices be connected to one another through cell networks social media you know snapchat instagram TikTok, all those things um, and there's just a lot of rumor spreading name calling uh, and it, it bleeds over into face-to-face uh, -face contacts at school so kids could be at home on a saturday night um, you know talking bad about each other and then monday morning 
they're gonna there's a chance that something physical could happen uh, or the verbal could be you know passing in the hallways for their name calling and that can escalate into fights and stuff like that uh, so the biggest thing really is for uh, you know I would say for parents to be more involved in what their kids uh, what apps their kids are using uh, spot checking those things making sure that they're using it responsibly uh, checking into parent control apps and stuff like that um, in my experience I find that a lot of the times when I am dealing with those sorts of situations uh, messages are being deleted and it's hard to you know address an issue if I don't have proof of something happening so it just turns into a all right everybody got to be nice to each other you know use it responsibly go to a trusted adult if you need help and ultimately that is our goal I mean even if we do have evidence that somebody calls somebody a name it's not necessarily criminal but if there are physical threats of hey I'm gonna fight you at nine o'clock in the commons that's gonna be taken a little bit more seriously our goal is to kind of redirect and educate and try to come up with a resolution that doesn't necessarily involve a police type response our being there and in uniform obviously it escalates the level of authority and we hope that that can be used as a positive deterrent and use our you know whatever words we say in that situation as a means to show them hey if you do this these are the possible consequences I don't want this to happen to you you don't want it to happen to you you don't your parents don't and you're just gonna have a bunch of other problems beyond this one event because of what somebody said about you on snapchat yeah, ultimately our, our goal, I think our goal as, as uh, school resource officers is to make sure that every student that's in that school, no matter who they, who they are, what they're doing online or anything, feels like they can come to school, be safe, and learn. That That's kind of, and that's why we work, and that's obviously what the administration wants and the faculty wants. So we work with them, and that's kind of our, our overriding goal is to make sure the schools are just a safe place to come and a safe place to, to interact and learn. Definitely. That does lead me to the question of, and I'm not sure if you can comment on that or not, but like what does actually warrant that more, I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase it, that more, what would you imagine as that sort of police style response for a school? Because obviously, thankfully, I don't think, I would hope none of us have had to, you know, see that or go mm-hmm. through that. But obviously those things do happen from time to time. We see that all the time. So what would that look like if that were to happen here? Okay. Well, first and foremost, we still are you know, uniform police officers. So we have a base job of investigating and enforcing crimes. So if there's a criminal element and we have a victim who is wanting some sort of police recourse as far as referring charges for prosecution, uh, we got to follow through with that. So if we have evidence to support that it happened, we'll do that. We'll type up the report, forward the paperwork to the necessary person, and then they'll take the follow-up and, you know, whether it's, you know, most likely be JYC because that's who we, um, you know, being under 18 and they'll go through their process of uh, you know talking with the the subjects and coming up with a plan to say hey what can we do to resolve this you're gonna do community work service for a week are you gonna take some anger management classes take some substance abuse classes or something like that just to learn more about why making these choices can be problematic for now and 10 years from now 50 years from now so on and so forth um, so it is it is a step in the process, and it just really comes down to what does the victim want to do? Gotcha. You know, I think that's, that's sort of a good reminder because oftentimes it can come across that there's a disconnect between how a student might see an SRO versus how they see a police officer when they're not at school because 
when you're in that environment, you sort of disconnect what's going on outside of it. So then you're like, oh, this is just a person who's at my school every day. They're not someone I'm going to see, you know, outside of this environment. And so having that as a reminder, be like, hey, you guys are both still police officers. You still have that level and position of authority is a good reminder to put out there so that I'm not sure students listen to the radio. I don't think I ever did when I was their <laughs> age, but it's still, it serves as a very good reminder. Like, hey, you are both authority figures. You still have the same ability as every other police officer. That's correct, yes. Yep. Um, you, you know, and again, you, you know, we'd like that to be, um, that's kind of the, you know, even though we do have that power, it's, we, you know, that's going to be kind of hopefully a rare occasion that occurs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's obviously we don't want that to be the norm. But, it, you know, if necessary, we definitely definitely step into that role for sure. Most definitely. Now, is there anything that the both of you want to bring up? I know it's been it's been a lot of me being like, what's this? What's that? But at the end of the day, you're both here as guests, and I want to make sure that you can express anything that you think is also important. Okay. Um, the police department has been working with the school district on a threat assessment team. And here soon we're going to be operating uh, an app. Uh, run by the school district so if there's a situation where and this is for all the schools we're talking even elementary up through high school where they hear something that is problematic suspicious or scary uh, there's a means where they can report that anonymously through an app Um, and that should be rolled out here pretty soon so it's going to be available at for everybody and I believe even just not students and parents can get connected to it as well and because oftentimes kids will go to their parents, their trusted guardians in their home, and uh, report those things. And we want to make sure that they have an avenue where they feel safe because kids are often worried about being labeled as a tattletale and they're worried about repercussions happening against them by the person that they're telling on or their social group at large bullying them further or calling them names because of it and socially isolating them. So we want to remove that element. And this level of technology will certainly help us with that. So that is something that we've been working to for a couple of years to increase the level of uh, you know feeling safe and having a safe way to say things that are just that don't make you feel right. Gotcha. Well, I'd like to thank you both for coming in. I very much appreciate you guys taking the time to interview me. I know I'm sure you got to get back to the schools, keep those a very safe zone. This has been Action Line on KINY.